Welcome to a special episode, Combo Meal, of Geek Life and... Four J's in a comic. Tonight in the studio, we have with us me, your host, JP, along with my co-host... John Harder from Waterfront Comics. Hello, everyone. And then the fearless co-hosts from... The Geek Life Podcast. And Four J's in a comic. Joe... Just going to say nothing, just going to sit there and smile at me? They can't see you smiling on audio. Or they can't see your hand on your wiener either. (laughs) Or on yours. And that other sexy voice is Marcus. I get to pretend to be like the discount Safeway shitty version of Justin Woods tonight. (laughs) Yeah! And soon you'll be like... Let's go! Let's do do this! You do kind of look like a small small wood. A small wood? (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've ever aspired to look like. All and forever. Mm. Well, since he's like a decade older than you, I'm sure your hairline will match his when you turn 40. I'm never going to get that tall, though. Ever. Mm. Not Not even in my pants. Both have a goatee. Both have sexy voices. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get like, we'll be like Mini Me and uh, the bad guy from Austin Powers for Halloween. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. That would be pretty bad. You create board games. He sells board games. Look at that. What? Mm. We're like a match made in geeky, nerdy heaven. Same nice. Same so nice. today, today, we are planning on talking about Afterlife with Archie. Now, it's exciting because Afterlife with Archie basically finished its first story arc and did a little hiatus. A couple months, couple yeah. months to get Mr. Francovella able to catch up with the monthly grind. And now, first issue that's come out in some time, issue six, is really out of left field and crazy. Yeah. And the whole time that I was reading it, I was like, is this really real or is this like just a, you know, what if fun side tangent annual kind of comic? And nope, that's just the next part of the story. It's insane. But I think that first we'd like to talk about Afterlife with Archie in general, um, now that the first chunk of the story is finished. Five issues. Yeah. And, and I get to use my favorite joke when I sell this comic. What's your favorite joke, John? Well, we'll get into it okay, in okay. a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a story point, so I, it'll make sure you have the rim shot sound effect ready to go. <laughs> Deal. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a fascinating comic. If you're not familiar with Afterlife with Archie, we've talked about it on 4Js before, never on the Geek Life podcast. And it's essentially... What would happen if zombies came to Riverdale in our favorite classic, you know, Archie, Betty, Veronica, like that Riverdale. And it's something that I don't think I ever would have chosen to read. But then I came in the store, Joe and I come in the store and John's like, I got something for you guys to read. I was like squeeing. I was so excited about it. Yeah. And you said it was like the best one, the best book you'd read all month. Yeah. And I'm not an art and huge Archie fan. In fact, the last Archie comic I read was when the Punisher came to Riverdale. Right, right. And that wasn't great. <laughs> Did he at least put down Jughead? No. <sighs> Jughead Jughead takes the dive right away in this one. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, so it's it's basically sort of spinoff series about what happens when zombies come. And the way they have the zombies come in the first place, totally brilliant. Mm. And where they're taking things with the zombies in issue six and what that all means and really the ramifications of what's going on with the world at large is way bigger than, oh, now there's just some zombies and it all started with mm-hmm. Hot Dog becoming a zombie because somebody hit him with the car. Hot Dog is Jughead's, Jughead's dog. dog. Yeah. And fucking Reggie hit him with the car, that bastard. Oh, I don't know. I can't, can't believe it. I can't believe it. Spoilers. So <laughs> so why don't we talk a little bit about just the basic story so we can give kind of a, a layout and premise and then just talk about what we thought of the first the first five issues. Um, the first five issues, really, they they kind of go through this whole like, oh shit, zombies is happening. 
no, it can't be. No, it really is. And then they kind of move on to trying to survive and trying mm. to hide and then eventually get to where they're like, we got to get the hell out of here. And they leave Riverdale. And issue five ends with them basically saying, all right, the next part of the story is going to take place outside of Riverdale. Archie, out of Riverdale. Which, to my knowledge, that's that's pretty new, right? I mean, most of the time, Archie stuff is Riverdale. I, that's... Yeah, so it's pretty exciting to have them take it in a different direction. I wonder if it's going to be more like your sort of zombie apocalypse kind of stuff, because there's always this, we can't be where we are, we've got to go over here or go over there. And for whatever reason, there's, you know, name the reasons. We need more supplies. We've got... The world's fucked up. There's zombies in our town. That's right, or there's lying. supposedly some safe haven over here, or mm-hmm. maybe there's less zombies over there, or whatever. But there's always... For some reason, in zombie fiction, there's always a place that's better than where you are, and it oh, forces yeah. people to go from one place to another and basically drag them through the coals that are the zombies. In my zombie universe, I always go from Walmart to Target. Do you? And then I feel much safer at a middle-class <laughs> level. <laughs> Man, if he got to coals, they'd be set. Golden. That's like a whole class. It's a whole take on, on the classes of America right there, Marcus. I know, yeah, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, the, the, I had to leave Walmart, even though Walmart kind of taught me how to deal with the zombie apocalypse, because when you're in there, you feel like it's already happening. Oh, and you, <laughs> see, and you see the people there. That's, yeah, that's that's stage one right there. So I get basic training at Walmart, and then I go mm-hmm. and I buy, like, nice things for Patient Zero is going to be at, like, a Walmart it's, it's food, food lot, you know, or whatever. Deals. Well, I didn't check this out on Snopes. I did see on the internet that they caught someone actually cooking up meth at a Walmart. Really? But I'm pretty sure that's an urban legend. I didn't like like go on Snopes to see if that was was correct. Like I try to do whenever I see something. That can't be a hundred percent correct. So yeah. So basically, how how does the zombie apocalypse in Riverdale start, John? Well, it starts when Jughead's dog, Hot Dog. Is hit by that asshole Reggie, who we don't know, but we kind of get that later on down the road. And Jughead takes his dog to Sabrina the Teenage Witch and asks her if she can revive Jughead. Or hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog, yeah. So hot dog is back. Jughead's dog, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Jughead's dog, hot dog. What happens to him? He... He's dead, and then... Gives her to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She says, that's necromancy. It cannot be done. That's awful. does it anyway. Well, Zelda and... Hilda and, Hilda and Zelda yeah. say that it's necromancy, and it cannot be done. It's against the rules. And fuck you if you do it. And Which then, are her, her aunts. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then Sabrina's like, I'm a teenager, and I'm stupid. Boom, done. Yeah, so she basically resurrects Hot Dog, and essentially creates a zombie, a zombie dog. Mm-hmm. And... Who goes and... Bites Jughead. Bites Jughead. And so then Jughead's the first people zombie. And then it happens to be the Halloween dance. Mm-hmm. And so Jughead wanders down there and everybody's like, oh, your costume's amazing. Why are you biting me? Oh, God, no! Oh, Big yeah. Ethel has wanted Jughead to eat her for years, but well, not like this. Rimshot. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard you tell that one before. Uh, so good. So good. So after things really start to go down at the uh, downhill, really, and not, not down because that's what Big Ethel wanted, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So after things really just get really bad, and the next thing you know, the whole town is just zombies, and the kind of core gang ends up hiding out at the Lodge Manor, and the Lodge Manor is the home of Veronica and her father, and her father, who is a stuffy, not very nice guy. 
Well, but they're it, rich, so right. But of course, Archie knows they, how to get in and out. They of don't the shop at Walmart. They're 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 in the they're Kohl's. at the Kohl's, mm-hmm. and maybe even moving up to the Neiman Marcus. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh snap! <laughs> but uh, so basically, a good chunk of the of the first five issues after the apocalypse, I would say probably the last maybe three, two, at least two, two or three the, issues. The last two, definitely. Yeah, is essentially taking place at the Lodge home. So it goes into the desert island horror. Exactly, mm-hmm. which is my favorite. We've got all those people squeezed into a tight space. Tensions are high. Danger's outside. It's just excellent. And there was a section in issue four that I liked a lot where Archie actually goes to try and see what's up with his parents. And because oh, Archie's been yeah. sneaking in and out of the, uh, Lodge, <laughs> get Manor it, the for... Lodge Manor for so long that he knows how to get, you know, a kind of sneak away and then come back unknown. So basically he goes out and tries to find his parents and he finds his mom and then finds his dad. Mm-hmm. Who's and been turned? Who's been turned? Right, and basically he has to bash his dad's heads in, head in, to try and save his mom. And what a powerful scene! You Marcus know? was actually telling me how that scene really, really was like moved him when the dog saved Archie. Yeah. Right, that was now, amazing. That I'm not, I'm not a. Okay, I'm going to preface this statement with I don't read Archie at all. I I know of four characters. I know of Archie. Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. That's all I know. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. th- going like, into this, that's all I knew. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and I only knew a couple more than that from the from the Punisher mm-hmm. time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but when Vegas saves his master and fighting the other Vegas is his, Archie's, uh, dog. Archie's, dog. Archie's dog saves Archie. It's like I don't know. It's beautiful. He it is man. It, it is self sacrifice. Basically, is always one of those things that they actually me get way us... more than Archie having to kill his dad. Right. Well, the yeah. combination, everything that happened in that household, that whole section yeah. was phenomenal. They did a little backstory. Showed when he got Vegas. Mm-hmm. Showed he so showed Archie, Vegas, Jughead, and Hot Dog all playing together, and really made you love Vegas even just in a couple pages. And then actually, I think that they let you see what Vegas was thinking. Right. Yeah. And yeah, before like and little, after like, he became a zombie, which was really dialogue. interesting. Run, Archie Master. I mean, and that's one of the things I, I love really you. am enjoying about this book was you don't need to know anything about yeah. the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've been around for 75 years. They're all these archetypes. But you really don't need to know any of the history to mm-hmm. to go in there. And it's a and it's a great yeah, read. I think that there's more for people who are already fans of Archie. Oh yeah, little things that they discover or are they expanding at, yeah. upon or finally saying out loud that we've all been curious about for mm-hmm. years. Yeah, I liked how they made the brothers of Jason and Cheryl blossom into this whole incestuous, this whole incestuous storyline. And oh yeah, the the two backup players from Josie into the Pussycats and do this unspoken lesbian relationship that they're hiding. Right, Wait, and then was it gets that Mel and Mel? Mm-hmm. Oh. I think so, yeah. Where's Josie? Apparently, in the back matter of issue six, they say Josie and the Pussycats are coming. Okay. That they're going to do a section on that. Good. I love Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Apparently, what's really next for the comic is they're talking about having one of the love triangle become a zombie. So, either... Archie, Betty, or Veronica. One of them is going to become a zombie. I hope it's Archie, and then Betty and Veronica <laughs> end up together. Oh, that's the best way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, I think suffice it to say that the story is actually really well written. It doesn't require you to know Archie very well already. If the more you know Archie, the more you'll probably enjoy it, as long as you actually like these kind of stories, horror comic stories. 
Uh, but it's it's really excellent. I've really enjoyed it a lot. And every step of the way, I've been impressed with the storytelling. I think issue issue five itself was fantastic. A good chunk of the first issue five was basically the butler talking about his experience raising Veronica. Veronica. Mm. And being, you know, her, her, her mother, Hermione Lodge, you know, being really close with her and, and really, you know, advocating for for Veronica and being kind of like a second father. Or, and it all sort of leads up to, or being at least a confidant. More, more than a second father, you know, she, she he was like the Alfred to Batman. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because Mr. Lodge, was, it looked like, was a very vacant father. Totally. You know? yeah. and, and what's cool is that it beautifully all leads up to this point where Veronica finds Betty talking to Ar- Archie after Archie had gone through this ordeal with his mom and his dog Vegas. And he's basically has chosen Betty to talk to about it, is what Veronica sees. Mm-hmm. Who knows whether he probably just bumbled into the first one that he finds, because that's Archie as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but it's neat because Veronica's very hurt that she's not the one that he chose to talk to about such a horrible thing, that he's leaning on and crying on the shoulder of her rival. Yeah. And the story, that story, is kind of going on in the background or interspersed between the story of Hubert Smithers, the butler. Smithers. Smithers. And so it's really cool because basically when his story ends, kind of talking about how he's been taken care of and advocating for and being a support structure, maybe the only support structure really that Veronica had at home, then she's met with this situation where she's feeling like she needs some help and she's crying on the uh, staircase. And he comes up and gives her you know, a little rousing speech. And she's like, oh, thank you, Smithers. I don't know what I'd do without you. And it's just, it's so great because instead of him just being the butler, all of a sudden he's this tangible, interesting character. He has a special connection with Veronica. He's not just the butler. And he's really competent and really interesting. And in, in all this crazy shit that's going on with the zombies in Riverdale, he seems to really keep his head on straight and really well, be like a go-to guy to get shit done and protect people and plan ahead. I like that he had a lot of backstory in terms of how his father raised him. Yeah, right. And all of his lessons in life, how to be this great butler, which actually are translating into him thriving in this environment as sort of, uh, you know, a, a little leader of the group where he's not really saying a lot, but his what he does say is moving the plot along. And it's, it's moving the group into a direction where the, they would have been stagnant otherwise. Like when Archie is getting into a fight with Veronica's dad, they're, they're basically at a standstill until the butler goes in and says his piece. And then they're like, oh, well. That's smart. Let's do that. Right. Yeah. He he is like a really excellent voice of reason, like a mediating sort of influence on the whole group. Really, really cool. So we're, I think, definitely all agreeing that this is definitely worth a read. You know, of the comics out there, this is really fine. And, you know, me, my I, interests typically don't lean towards the really, really big, 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 long running comics. But this Afterlife with Archie in particular feels a lot more like what I tend to be drawn to, which are the sort of small self-published short run yeah. stuff. And I wonder how long this is going to go. John, do you have you heard anything about whether they have a plan for it to be, oh, this is only going to be 10 issues no, it, or is it just going to go and go? It's ongoing. Nice. Nice. Until they're all dead. Just all like right. the walking dead. But being dead isn't the end. Mm. Mm. So up until issue and six. And Archie's still going to be choosing which to eat first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. They could both become, or he could become a zombie. That'd be, yeah. I know. I, I like. I like your resolution, John. Archie becomes a zombie, and the girls get together and just mm-hmm. like forget Archie. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I always always wanted it to be, anyway. <laughs> well, like in the X Men comics, when 
Cyclops with having to choose between Jean Grey and Emma Frost. I'm like, why didn't they just both dump Scott and end up together? There you go. All the way through this Afterlife with Archie series, up through the first trade, which is issues one through five, it's a very, very good, but pretty standard zombie story fare. And by that, don't don't take the it's pretty standard or it's familiar as being bad. It is excellent, incredibly well crafted, really interesting. We've been gushing about it already. It's the care. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in a zombie story, you know what's going to happen. Sure, sure. You know, it's going to be zombie outbreak in Desert Island, and then we need to move on, and then it's on the road. You know, that's just a standard zombie trope. Exactly, and it's done masterfully. What what I really liked was actually getting inside these characters' heads. Yeah. And the characterization on that, and it went from being characters you couldn't give two shits about, as the four of us up here are with Archie. Sure. And by the end of it, you're like, wow, that was really emotional. I mean, I cared for a dog named Vegas. I cared for Archie having to kill his father. I cared for the butler of Veronica Lodge. And I would have never thought any of that. And I've been selling comics for half of my adult life. Right, and I mean, Archie is a mainstay. It's been here forever. Mm. I mean, when did Archie start? Well, thanks to the power of Wikipedia, and I knew that it was Pep Comics 22. I just didn't know what year it was. It was December of 41, so 73 years of Archie, which puts him around the time of Captain America, which also debuted in... In 41? uh, In 41. So Archie's an absolute mainstay of the comic book industry. Fast fact. Captain America number one, which has Captain America punching Hitler on the front cover, happened before the bombing at Pearl Harbor. Oh. Mm. Captain America, he's just jumping things up. Yep. Getting in there. Nerd Uh, fact. (laughs) (laughs) So, continuing on with the very fascinating bit of story here with Archie, is that issue six takes what I would describe as a pretty hard left turn. Mm-hmm. And essentially tells you what's going on with Sabrina. Who had been banished by her aunts when they found out that she had used necromancy. Yeah, they basically turned into these awful wraiths and just zip in and zapped her and then poof, she's gone. And then five issues later, we've been seeing what's going on with everybody else, but she's been absent. They zap her into an insane asylum. And I have to admit. Not really. The insane asylum collects her from the space, from like the limbo that she was in. Mm. I have to admit, I, I did like the Sabrina the Teenage Witch show. But Me too. I like Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, that. but mine was mostly for Melissa Joan Hart. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, and I'm not to sound like a creepy old man because, you know, she's like a couple years younger than me. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> if you're watching the show today and you were like, yeah. Well, no, I just watched that <laughs> Melissa and Joey show to get my <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart. So in issue six, we actually see what's been going it's on with 90s. Sabrina. Yeah. And what's crazy is that she's basically was like zapped to a limbo type place. Can't remember what they called it. And I think they called it limbo. No, I don't think it was actually that. It was something like I don't remember. It's in here. It's buried in the book. It's not readily available. Essentially, she finds herself at this insane asylum that is being ran by Doctor Lovecraft. Hmm. And in the first couple pages, it's basically her describing a dream to Doctor Lovecraft. And in the dream, she gets basically pulled down to the deep by a bunch of tentacles. And I'm thinking, this is very Lovecraftian, and the doctor's name is Lovecraft, and the guy that they're drawing, like, that looks the way, that looks like Lovecraft, it's a caricature of Lovecraft. And so, are they kind of being coy, or are they going, like, full bore, crazy, all-out Lovecraft? It would be the latter. Full bore, crazy, all-out Lovecraft in this issue. 
And apparently, this is actually what's happening. That when she unleashed and did the necromantic spell, unleashed the zombies and basically flipped the switch on the world, all of a sudden, shit went down. And now, basically, the old gods are awakening, and this guy, Lovecraft, who's this creepy doctor dude, is essentially putting together, like, a church for the old gods and trying to... It's insane. I mean, it really... It, it goes crazy. I'm... I know Another that you're a, a big Lovecraft fan. You listen to the podcast. Yeah. What was that podcast name again? Uh, yes. If you're a Lovecraft fan or you're curious about Lovecraft, a good place to go is the HP Podcraft website, which is hppodcraft.com. The Nether Realm. The Nether Realm. That's where she was. So Sabrina was in the Nether Realm. Hmm. And you guys had reviewed on Geek Life earlier. The Brian was here. He could tell you the exact. You're right. The exact. Yeah, we talked. We talked about actually the the episode that came out was about memory by Kim Holm, and then the previous uh, Lovecraft centric episode was also a comic by Kim Holm that was mm-hmm. a adaptation of Pickman's model. And by that. That's how I knew when they, she was talking to Pikmin. Yeah, she was talking. Okay, so in the story, right? That, oh, it's so great. If you're a Lovecraft fan, read, <laughs> just go down to your local comic book shop. Like and Waterfront pick Comics. Up, like Waterfront Comics. And pick up issue six of Afterlife with Archie. It is absolutely chock full of fun references. And you don't really need to know what's ha- been happening. Because, because essentially. This so you, divergent. It, you know, totally. But it's really crazy. So, for example, one of the characters that's in there, basically she's in a insane asylum, and they are giving her these pills that are doing something, probably taking her magic away. I'm, try- I'm not trying to give away all the story, right? But, you know, he I just totally, totally just, just did. did. Okay. Big spoilers. Yeah. They're giving her these pills that are making her all loopy. And they call she them can't... magic inhibitors. Yeah. So she's not able to do her magic. And so then she's like, wait, was I ever a witch? And they're... Basically trying to convince her that she wasn't a witch, that she's just crazy, that her aunts died in a car wreck, and she's been at this insane asylum, and she's just imagined the fact that she's a witch. And the insane asylum is populated by all these different characters and references to Lovecraft's work. One of the kids that's there is an artist, and she's talking to him, runs up against him, and he's showing her these really grotesque pictures that he drew. And basically, she's seeing all these grotesque pictures that he's drawing, and he and she's asking him what's it, what his name is, and he says, oh, my name's... My name's Richie. Richard Pickman, actually. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, nice. So, I mean, I don't know Lovecraft as well as many, most probably. But if you're reading through this and you're a Lovecraft fan, you're going to pick up all kinds of cool shit. I mean, Not, there's just references It's like everywhere. the rest of it. No, that's if what you're I, an Archie fan, you're going to pick up so many references and all hidden gems. And that's what I was going to ask you. Did the violin guy, was that a Lovecraft story? Yes. Yeah. I got all googly on it. That's Eric Zan from the music of Eric Zan story by, short story by Lovecraft. I swear to God, this is, this is not made up. <laughs> I have a tendency to make shit up about Lovecraft just to fuck with JP. <laughs> um, but this is totally, I, I Wikipedia it as soon as I read it. And it's um, a story about a guy who lives in an old building who plays the violin to keep the demons outside of his window at bay every night. Nobody wants to believe you right now. <laughs> Nobody has to believe you. That's I, what Wikipedia is for. I believe you. I believe you. Because he also, has Wikipedia up right also now. Also, if you want to find out more Lovecraftian stuff, our pal John Foltz mm. is... The author extraordinaire. Author extraordinaire John Foltz is published in a new um, anthology that the Kickstarter just, just was funded, and it's like funded tonight. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Called Whispers of the Abyss. And I believe that you can get the ebook from it for like five bucks on Amazon. So 
you want to support a pal of ours and have some Lovecraftian cthulhu short stories, check it out. Absolutely. Hmm. <laughs> you go fucking Google it, dude. <laughs> I'm... What did you call it? It's the music of Eric Zan. And then there was a follow-up story called The Silence of Eric Zan. I rushed all six issues of the comic. As soon as I got I got home from work at 5 o'clock. I knew I had to be here at 7 with all the material read, ready for review. So I read all of that. And then I actually went back into it so I could find the name of the, of the violinist and then go Google it. So why did that stand out to you? I, I, I knew it was a reference to something. And I wanted mm-hmm. to figure out what it was for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's chock full of references. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's crazy is that you think... I don't want to give away the big reveal at the end but let me say that the two-page splash page at the end is pretty freaking epic it's very kaijui kaijui mm. yes chewy kaijui goodness and nom, nom, nom. and the wikipedia does prove that marcus is not fucking with i know yeah, that's I, right. I, I, <laughs> that's I recognize right. i recognize the name but nobody wants to believe you now the question i have for you guys is when you were reading this were you thinking that oh this is just the next part of the story or were you thinking like oh they're just having fun in between the two story arcs i thought since Archie is launching a new Sabrina title yeah. that is along the lines of Afterlife with Archie. Where yeah, it's not, they do a preview for it at the end of this where, issue. Yeah, it is where it's dark. It's not a kitty Sabrina comic, Hell but an no. actual, you know, horror comic. I thought that might have been the prelude to it, you know, with Sabrina being cast away and leading into that. But that yeah. was wrong. Because so. I remember you mentioning something like that earlier. And that's, so what, me, that's what I was thinking, that this is going to be... The crossover explanation. Yeah, this is it. like the this is where the spinoff yeah. happens. And reading mm. the preview in the back, oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it it reminded the artwork reminded me of the best '60s creepy stories mm-hmm. with um, Roberto Aguirre, Sashkaska, who is also the writer. Yeah, of, I'm sorry, Roberto. It is really hard to pronounce your name just reading it off the paper. And funny. we were too lazy to go on Wikipedia and look Aguirre up how Sakasa. it's pre- Fine, Joe. Be that way. Roll your R's more. Roll your R's more. Aguirre. Aguirre <laughs> Sakasa. There you go. And little fun nerd fact about, about Mr. Aguirre Sakasa was how he was discovered was he wrote an off-Broadway play where Archie and Reggie are gay. No kidding. Yeah. Hmm. And this play was seen by Joe Casada from Marvel Comics, who was really impressed with him and offered him a chance to write Fantastic Four. And the rest and is then, history. And then he... Booted, so he continued on to do that then? Yeah. And... Mr. Aguirre Sacasa adapted Stephen King's to stand for Marvel, so he's not, you know, a stranger to doing apocalyptic storylines. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's really just, I'm really impressed with this comic book, but I'm really curious where they're going next, because this storyline with Sabrina is affecting the world on a much larger scale than just the gang from... Riverdale trying to do their own thing like it's it is a way it's a it's a it's very bold what what they're doing there what it's done in a lot of zombie fiction you don't really care how what's caused the outbreak Hmm. and this is kind of shown what's caused the outbreak well that was one thing that I liked about it right out of the get-go right out of the gate is that it immediately is like no here's how it happened Yeah. yeah it's not 
oh, it's just ambiguous and nebulous and all their terms that are synonyms for that word. And blah, 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 blah. You never I know. I like ambiguous zombie origins. I feel like if it were to actually happen, nobody would know what the fuck was going on. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that it's kind of fun that it's not like that because it's so often... Just like, ah, who knows? It's yeah. just zombies, whatever. I think that's yeah. why I'm enjoying the strain so much. Because it's so, like, this is what's happening. And I want to thank you for recommending that to me on a previous edition of Geek Life. Absolutely. If the Brian was book. here, he could pull that out. Yep. But um, Pick it from the ether. <laughs> but I've, I finally actually read the book now that the, the TV series is on there. I'd read the comic and I enjoyed that. But the novel is so much more phenomenal. And in there, it's just, you know, it's explained down to the minute thing how the zombie, how, well, in this case, the vampire. It yeah, but it's very it. zombie. It's very infectious like. Yeah. I mean, and then what I really like is how it's the CDC, you know, that's, that's after that. And I mean, I mean, that's. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about the book series. It's a trilogy called The Strain Trilogy, and it's by. Chuck Hogan and Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro. Toro. Now, Guillermo del Toro is obviously the name that stands out there between the two. He's very famous. And I heard about this a while ago that del Toro had done a vampire series. And I was like, oh, man, I like vampire series. And that guy has an amazing skill for telling stories. And so I went over and I picked up this book and read it and liked it a lot and then devoured the next two books immediately and came in raving about it, it with John. Audible.com. Yep, absolutely. You can go to Geek Life. Sorry, audibletrial.com forward slash geek life, and you can pick it up for free. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Go follow the link, hook us up a little bit, help us out, support the show. But uh, it's a very, very, very good book. And actually, and if Tesla Motors wants plugs too. <laughs> if they want to deliver us a couple of Teslas, we will gladly plug them every time. Every time. We'll, every. we'll plug them every 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We wouldn't do that. But because the guy that owns Tesla is like the real life Tony Stark. Yeah. Interesting. Does he have an invincible iron suit? No, but he created PayPal. Oh, wow. And then sold that to create Tesla. Those are awesome. Those are very cool cars. What if Ultron was fighting Iron Man and was like, whoa, 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 that's the guy that created PayPal? Well, I guess let's <laughs> wrap it up, guys. We're, we're done here. <laughs> we can't beat this, the PayPal. It's just... It's, it's well, he brought evil into the world with PayPal. And now he's trying to do better in the world by creating electric cars. There you go. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see where this story goes. It definitely feels like it's making a big splash with issue six, totally picking things up to a whole nother level. It's not just more of familiar. It's not just like masterfully told, but familiar territory for zombie mm -hmm. stories. We're like, this is going in a very different direction. So I'm curious what they're going to do with it. And I'm excited that they decided to do that. I, you know, part of me is terrified that it's going to just completely ruin it because yeah. I liked the just masterfully told and incredibly well illustrated. You're just your normal zombie story with characters that we know and love or hate, mm -hmm. depending on who you are or the character. And, but at least characters that we're in passingly familiar with. Yeah. And uh, this it, is so phenomenal. I'm just, I is love there, this series. Is there anyone else in the Archie universe that has any sort of specialness to them? Or, because I know Josie and the Pussycats, totally benign. Yeah. But Sabrina's really the only magic. In yeah, not that I'm, not that I'm, I'm aware of. Yeah. Know that. Is Speed Buggy from them? Or Jabberjaw? 
Or all, are these all just Hanna Barbera cartoons? I think those are all Hanna Barbera no. things. That you're okay. So they were all with Scooby. Yeah. I have a question for Mr. Marcus. Oh, yes. Being an artist in this group, I, I guess I'm the only one not in here that isn't an artist. I'm just a writer. Yeah, Joe's the writer. Okay, so there's two writers, two artists, a writer, and someone that just likes to talk a bunch of shit about comics. In this room. <laughs> it, yeah, sounds about right. You're an artist. Okay. And we'll I, say that. I know that you didn't care for Francovia. Francisco Francovilla's artwork when he did Guardians of the Galaxy. In fact, I remember you saying, I hate this fucking shit. Yeah, that sounds like you me. said. Oh, was you that said when that Bendis? of Francesco Francovia? When it comes to the Guardian of the Galaxy, yeah. Was well, that how do you Bendis think? Is it similar it? to this? Does it look similar? It, it looks almost yeah. exactly like it that. It fits style. much better in this book mm. than it does the Guardians. Yeah, Guardians, this doesn't look like Guardians to me. This, I mean, obviously it's Archie, duh. But I mean, this art style I don't think would fit at all. That's mm. weird. That was I, the Bendis run, right? Yeah, no, it was like issues eight and nine during the Infinity okay. crossover and. That was one of the it reasons made, it made why Marcus, Marcus anger. Stopped yeah, I reading. stopped reading Guardians because, because of, the artwork. of it. <laughs> you know, the artwork was just pissing me off so much that I had to I had to stop. Now, but how do you feel about the artwork in this though? This I feel like it fit perfectly. Yeah. It, was, it was really really good. It, it worked. It was just out of place thing. in a sci-fi adventure story. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm a huge fan of his work. Um, I liked it when he was doing other stuff, and you know, I think with Archie, it really you know was nailed it, but. It's pretty much every week now there's some variant cover that he does because <laughs> he does like almost like every dynamite comic. He does a variant. Cover oh, really? For one of their books. Yeah. Nice. Which is, I think, why this kind of gets delayed. No, oh, could be. He's kind of busy. Mm-hmm. But um, doing variant covers and <laughs> yeah, making a living and all that good stuff. Bullshit. Mm. Right. <laughs> why can't I just make money by making Cock-Cthulhu. Cock-Cthulhu. I think if you did a hundred-page book of different penis drawings... You could do it, too. We could hella kickstart it, (laughs) and it would make more money than the guy who has $50,000 to make potato salad. Start taking pictures. Seriously. Yeah. It may not be... This is part of the long tradition of drawing penis drawings and distracting each other with our whiteboards. It may not be the $7 million that the coolest has now come across, but, you know, not everything could be... Oh, John, you and that fucking cooler, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's I so think, excited about I this think John cooler. actually has something John, to do pitch with, us the, cooler, with uh, like the production of this cooler, because everybody that I've seen him around, this, uh, he's mentioned it. and it's like the up, coolest. If, he's played the, ki- the Kickstarter video on his computer for several people. In if they want to send me a free coolest, we will mention <laughs> it every time on this podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> but who wouldn't want a cooler that has... A Bluetooth speaker, a blender, a phone charger. So yeah, RG Comics. You know, I it's solar power. (laughs) It comes with a plate and knife, so you can chop stuff up in it, and a compartment to keep. Why does Jughead wear a crown? (laughs) That's a good question, Marcus. King of Queen Archie's world. I wonder what the actual answer for that is. No, it's from uh, what we have chasing Amy. That's right. That's yeah. right. It was on Chasing Amy. Yeah. As, as, as someone Archie likes to always point out, yeah. we live in a world where we should never ask the question, I wonder why, and stop. Mm-hmm. 
we can pull these handy devices out of our pockets, much like we did earlier when I couldn't remember what year Archie was first published. What was that? 1970, 90, no, 1940. 1941? Holy shit, that's the same year that could, that, that, not the, um, Lovecraft's his birthday. That's the year he was born. No. No. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. So full of it. I just, mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with them too quick now. It may have been. Yeah. I gotta have some time it may, between. It would have been, it may mm. have been. No, he died the year before Superman. Was published. But 1938. Jughead mm-hmm. is almost always wearing his trademark beanie with both a round and square pin. This type of crown-shaped cap was popular among boys in the 1930s and 1940s. It was made from a man's felt fedora hat and the brim trimmed with a zigzag and turned up. So there you go. So it's the answer is actually... because he could. That's why. The answer is because he's from the 30s. So it would have been like an early hipster thing. Can I update him with tight jeans and emo makeup? <laughs> uh, good lord. All right, so we're starting to get derailed, which happens. It's okay. So I think before we close up, we wanted to mention something about this recent development in the normal Archie line. Well, this is another alternate universe they have going okay, on. Okay, another alternate universe. So so Archie is is becoming relevant all of a sudden. Archie pays a lot of money to be at every supermarket in the world. Or in the country. It's right there on the checkout stand, and I know that isn't cheap. But it's been the same vanilla cookie cutter thing since the 40s. Yeah. And it's really amazed me in the last few years that Archie has started to go on the path that they are a little bit more subversive. You know, you would have never thought afterlife with Archie would ever exist. Would exist. No. Every time I talk to somebody... Any of the people from an earlier generation of mine talked to my mother, my grandmother. They all know who Archie is. And I'm like, we're reading an Archie comic, and it's about zombies. And they're like, what? <laughs> zombies in Riverdale? That's ridiculous. And about three or four years ago, they introduced a gay character into Archie's mythos, Kevin Keller. And, and this is the mainstream storyline Into the Archie? mainstream storyline. And he was also the first one to show a, you know, they had a homosexual kiss in Archie, mm-hmm. in the main Archie storyline. And... The first gay marriage in the Archie storyline. And that's not something you would think would be Archie-ish. Archie-ish. So about four years ago, they started a new comic and alternate history called Life with Archie. Which is no doubt what Afterlife with Archie is riffing on. Yes. So Life with Archie is set about 20 years in the future where Archie has finally chosen Betty or Veronica and they're married. But the whole, the whole thing of life with Archie is there's two different timelines going on. One where he married Betty and one where he married Veronica. Interesting. So two different stories every month. And so, different- so like it's the same situations that are going on, but it's just what would happen if that one thing was changed or what? Yeah. I mean, it's so there's a storyline going in afterlife. I mean, life with Archie and Veronica. And another one in life with Archie and Betty. Weird. And issues 36 and 37. Okay. They, of life with Archie. Of life with Archie. They kill the old Archie. And how does Archie die? Saving Kevin Keller, Archie's gay friend, from being assassinated by a anti-gay, pro-gun assassin. So Kevin Keller, was he... At a protest or something? Kevin or? Keller has now become a senator in Life with Archie. Okay. 
So a anti-gay, pro-gun, crazy person. Is trying to assassinate Kevin Keller, yeah. the gay senator. And Archie saves his in life. Front of the bullet. Jumps in front of the bullet and saves him. Wow. Which you wouldn't think something that political would be in Archie. Yeah, that's really charged for, you know, the Riverdale gang whose silly antics have been costing a nickel since the 40s. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, and it is very, you know, one side of it's not, you know, normally, you know, things are right kind of in the middle of the road. I mean, this is a making a statement. Oh, yeah, there's no, you know, there's there's no question what leanings the people that are working on that sh- that comic have. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a powerful statement. Absolutely. So and it's, exci- it's exciting to see Archie moving out of that sort of mundane, repetitive, he said, she said shit and moving into things like Afterlife with Archie, like Life with Archie. That's exciting. Just it. I wonder how it play. I know how well it plays in liberal Northern California where we're from. Huh? Yeah, that's that's. True. But I wonder how it plays in, you know, somewhere a lot more conservative. Mm hmm. Who have yeah. also been growing up with Archie yeah. for 70 years. What we need to do is we need to go onto Google, find a comic shop somewhere where we think is it would not be well-received, call them up and ask for it. Say, like, I heard this is a special new issue. Can I get this? I'm really excited about it. And see what happens. You might get, like, shut down hard on the phone. Yeah, but, I, you know, I would think... And maybe this is my own bias because I'm a comic book store owner who tends to lean left. That just a little. <laughs> <laughs> that other comic book store owners might share some of my. I mean, I know there are a lot of you know Republican type things, but I mean, this would be more like money based. Sure, know? that's true. That's true. You never know, though. I mean, once you get once you get down to you know certain people and their belief systems, man, they get crazy and then you know wise choices for your business or your family or for the world at large just go out the window so so which storyline does he get shot in is it the veronica or the betty both how they play it up is it's totally, <laughs> he dies twice in one no, like no, no it's no. totally ambiguous it's ambiguous which, which the whole yeah, yeah which one it's in yeah so i mean it's like archie's like talking about his wife and she's shadowed and Betty and Veronica are talking to each other, and he's like, hey, honey, but they're both in the panel. Oh, I see, I see. Interesting. That's crazy. I, I thought it was actually pretty amazing storytelling for for what it was. What would be a good state to call up someone in? Montana. Oh, Montana. Mm. I was thinking more like Deep South, but, nah. but I think I think you hit the nail on the head that, you know, Rural, rural, mid, middle America. Yeah. Yeah. Utah, home of the Mormons. But Salt oh. Lake is pretty liberal. Marcus is like, that's where the Mormons are. That's all. Salt is salty. Salt is salty. <laughs> Mormons are salty. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I'm not going to um, elaborate on that. Uh, okay. JP. Like but you know what, JP? You get to be the official stirrer-upper of shit. <laughs> because you're the one that wants to put the this comic into a, a very Republican uh, comic book shop. And you're the one that wants to fight the power against uh, fan art. Yes, I am the shit stirrer. That's but true. I need to get him a battle to stir. We I found know, right? out. Mr. Put it next to my battle axe. Joe, say the name. 
Which one? Franco Villa? No, the other one. Uh, Aguirre Sarcosa? Sarcasa. He did kind of a fan art thing by creating this play, and now he is mm. broken into the industry. Yeah, but that's 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 very different. It doesn't it doesn't talk to the problems that we have with fan art. This is the problems that I have with fan art. Get him. <laughs> You're opening a door. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Spend the rest of night talking about it because it's not in it's <laughs> not in an environment where it's taking away from other shit like that. I don't think. I, that was the whole reason I had saved that up was I wanted you to go on a fan art rant. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. I'm past it. Damn it! <laughs> I've come. I've, I've I've had to come to a very very well thought out, carefully planned place that doesn't sound at all like where it started. So that I I've been working on a panel. <laughs> anyway, all right. So okay, let's finish. So it was very ambiguous of the story about which who he was who actually he was. married to. So they basically were able to do. A combo thing where there was one issue that was essentially he was married to. It could have been either. So when the new comics came in and, you know, this was the big event book. So we were flipping through it. So we get to the page where he's dead. And it's a panel of both Betty and Veronica actually crying. And Archie going, I always loved you both. Jamie and Taylor said, fuck, even in this, he can't no, choose says, I've one. I've always loved you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's both. both of them there. Oh, yeah. But it's that doesn't say both. It just says yeah. I've always loved you. I've always and loved it leaves you. Leaves it empty. Yeah. It's like pick somebody. <laughs> yeah, that was what Taylor, my 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 thirteen. She just like ripped the book yeah, in half. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this bullshit. <laughs> just imagine Taylor doing that. The one who gives us a hard time for you know being gross when we play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Although okay, so what if he had said I've always loved you, Veronica? That still could have been. He still could have been married to either one of them in those cases because. Yeah, you still wouldn't know who he was married to he either in that storyline. Yeah, he could have been married and then always saying, like, I always loved you. Because... But then he's finally chosen someone. That's true. That's, I think, what Taylor's problem was. Or it could have been, I could have interpreted it as he was married to, say, Veronica. And he's saying, I always loved you, Betty, to let her know that she was loved as well. And then he's still being an ambiguous mm-hmm. asshole. You never know. <laughs> well, I think anyway... Play is going to play. All things considered, we really enjoyed Afterlife with Archie, and it's just getting started with its next story arc. The trade for issues one through five is available to your local comic shop. If you're local to the, I guess, Bay Area, come by Waterfront Comics in Sassoon, California, and visit with John and you know chat him up a little bit. He'll hook you up with some cool comics. And while the trade is, is great and amazing, I recommend getting the individual issues all right not just because i'm greedy and like to get money from people every month when they come in but they're uh-huh. cool backups from a horror like a creepy eerie type horror thing that archie published for a couple years in the late 70s and there's a lot of creators that worked on creepy and eerie that have had stories in that that i had never seen before yeah it's really fun there's some really fun old-fashioned you know yeah Gray Morrow, who is a great creepy artist. Bill yep. Dubois, who is a great creepy writer. I have a couple really, really solid in that. Um, and I mean, I'm, as always, the back matter, which yeah. is, I guess, that technically what that is, yeah. it always adds to the richness of buying the actual issues. But this time, it's you actually get another complete, like, short horror story every time you get Archie. It's, it's cool. And I never knew this existed until no. I read that. And like Marcus, went to Wikipedia to look up what it came before and go go internet the internet is the interwebs are great and i'm really looking forward to the sabrina series yeah the sabrina series is exciting okay all right john comic shop owner when is that coming out 
two months two months yeah so very soon very very soon i just well two months from the time that we're recording this so what what when is that actually going to be happening it'll be out october the 8th just in time for halloween yeah yeah and and there is a free comic book day type event in yes that's right october called halloween comic fest and one of the comics that i ordered for that is a reprint of afterlife with rt number one noise sweet so with an alternate cover no (laughs) but i do wish now i had an opportunity if i ordered 300 copies of afterlife with rt number one we would have got a special cover where the zombies are invading waterfront comics that's so would have awesome. Been cool. It would have been so. cool, but I just couldn't make the math work in my head. But in retrospect, you wish you'd done it? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Man, me! Would it What's... be like a single one or with all three? No, all 300. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's pretty rad. Yeah. And they're offering that again for the Sabrina one. <laughs> but I'm 300? Like, but I'm like, is like $500 on my cost? worth it because i don't think I can we need to split it. that shit up amongst the, f- <laughs> the friends that would be awesome mm. all right well i think that's about it for tonight well, you guys i do want to say oh. one last thing one last before thing before we go for about the last little over a year now we've been doing this podcast and this is the final one oh. with the straw that stirs the drink mr joe is moving to seattle yeah and i just want to thank him for a year of great podcasts and for being my pal and you have a couple of girls of mine that are really sad that you're moving. Yeah, I'm just breaking hearts left and right. It's true. Taylor was Taylor was caressing her bass after you played it <laughs> when you came over to the house. Oh. She said she'll never tune it again now that your fingers have touched the strings. <laughs> this could all be <laughs> one awful innuendo, John. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. So, so we're looking forward to helping, hoping to have Joe on uh, in the Skype capacity. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out the tech for that. It's not too complicated, so I probably shouldn't say figure it out, but that's the truth. Mm. I have to, you know, kind of test it and see what, what does and doesn't work and totally deal with all that. Be auto tuned one to, episode. You're going to have to figure it out like I figure out how to put clothes on in the morning. <laughs> yes. yes. Our first episode was the Rucka cast. And just this week, I finally got in. The Lady Saber hardcover that I kickstarted a year ago. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and there's now been two volumes of Lazarus out when we reviewed the first issue on that one. Mm-hmm. So, man, that's insane. It's been a good year. Yeah. It has. Very good, good comics. Yeah, lots of good comics. Lots of good times up here in the hot or cold. Yeah. We've or, gone from, just... from being cold to now it's really sweltering again up here. Mm-hmm. Exciting times. Exciting times. Well, thanks again for listening to Geek Life and Waterfront Comics podcast, the Four J's in a Comic podcast. Yeah, we're gonna have to maybe rename it to like mm-hmm. the Waterfront Comics. Or well, I don't know. We'll figure something out. It's yeah. uh, changes are coming. Especially anyway, now there's a Marcus in it. It'll be the Three J's in a douchebag comic <laughs> podcast. Uh, well, um, Three J's in a jerk off. <laughs> that would be a fourth J. Ah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're you're. Unofficial title. Very nice. That way I get to be part of the group. If your parents had just thought ahead and named you a J name. It would have been jerk off, probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, music for this episode has been provided by Air Plus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at both podcast.pandamanga.com and waterfordcomics.com forward slash podcasts. Anyone interested in 
For more information about AirPlus Recordings, go to airplusrecordings.com. This has been the second crossover combo meal extraordinaire excitement of Geek Life and the 4Chase comic. Dude, we need to get food. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Good combo night. Combo meal is totally. <laughs> mm. Thanks for listening to you guys. We'll see you next time. Jeez, sticking up for a gamer. Game so last, last week when the... Can I shoot a motherfucker? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all done. What are these bitches gonna get Archie shot? Gonna shoot him in the stomach. Up here it's hella hot. My lyrics is hella cause I'm from California. And the song is for other Californians. But we appreciate if you listen to the podcast and you're out of state because we want our readership to get larger. <laughs> and I said readership, even though you listen, it's auditory, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>